This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of April 14th, 2019. Would you like free gin for life? Bring a parka. Truly, Brewdog belongs here among the clouds. Deschutes has trouble getting it up in Virginia. Craft Brew Alliance, weren't seltzers already low proof? All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher <laughs> Walker. Let's get into the news. Yes. So, uh, win free gin for life by visiting this pop-up bar in the North Pole. Mmm. <laughs> Santa's you know. got himself some, uh, sitting there like, no, no. Me and the elves, we, we relax with a nice bottle of, uh, sorry, I was going to say Bombay, and I was like, God, that stuff's gross. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Canada has the uh, Ryan Reynolds gin. Wouldn't it just be that? Yeah. Aviation? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I always forget the name of that. Um, well, this was this is from Arctic Blue Gin. Uh, so it's offering the opportunity of a lifetime for gin lovers. Free gin for life. The only catch is you have to visit its pop-up bar in the North Pole. Open for one day only. So we can, we can charter a private plane. Right, right. Land on the Arctic ice. Uh, the Finnish have, gin brand... Ha- Oh, uh, now I see why it makes more yeah, sense. Arctic Circle, uh, produced by Arctic Brands Group, is opening what it claims to be the northernmost pop-up bar uh, on April 17th, 2019, three days from now, uh, located at coordinates uh, north 90 degrees, east 0 degrees. <laughs> in doing so, it will, be, it will beat out the highest bar in Hotel Tulpen in Svalbard, Norway. Suck it, Norway. <laughs> uh, the Arctic Bar will be staffed by Arctic Brands Group co-founder and brand director Miko Spoof, which is probably Spoof if it's Finnish, uh, along with three other unspecified, quote, mad explorers. Uh, we assume it's these guys. Leading their expedition is polar expert and photographers Popis Suomela. Uh, also on site will be photographer uh, Valteri Hirvonen, uh, and director Otso Tianen, Tianen, I'm going to get that out one day, who will film a short documentary on the effects of global warming. And what's the deal with the gin? Well, Spoof did not respond immediately to a request for comment uh, because he's currently trekking through the icy wilderness, but Arctic Brands Group, founded in 2017, won double gold and spirit of the year in the World Spirits Awards in 2018. Uh, so it's a subsidiary of the, oh, uh, Chevaliers Holding Limited, Hong Kong. Really? All okay, right. so you have a Hong Kong brand that owns a Finnish group. With a French name of Chevalier. Yes. Making a, a, a beer or a gin to drink at the North Pole. Mm-hmm. Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> so is one of those people uh, Robert Perry? said should we expect him at the north pole possibly okay man who credited with finding the north pole credited with probably not the one who discovered it (laughs) yeah look he was from the u.s and so 
I feel like we're obligated to say he did it, regardless of whether it's true or not. Let's face facts. It was Vikings. <laughs> well, they discovered everything. If, if they look below the ice, they're just going to find a frozen longship. <laughs> Damn <laughs> Vikings. Vikings. Middle fingers raised. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were everywhere. I love that shirt. I need to get it. Where it's got the moon landing, and then there's a long ship with a bunch of Viking skeletons, and they're like, damn Vikings. <laughs> Can't explore anything. Uh, but yeah, would you be willing to go travel for... Assuming you had unlimited funds and a baby can survive the North Pole. <laughs> I would, yes. I'd go there as soon as possible. His baby parka? It'd be adorable. Oh my gosh. And little baby uh, snow boots? Come on. The, the little baby-like snow goggles to keep him from getting snow blindness? All of it would just be too cute to to resist. I'm just now picturing, like, you get up there, you put him inside the sleigh, and just a mush, and all the mush. the huskies take you to the... <laughs> and he has, like, a, uh, like a, a, you know, fur blanket from actual mm-hmm. fur. <laughs> He's dressed not unlike Bran. Uh, when he's north of the wall. <laughs> so that was an idea for Halloween this coming year. We've already been talking about it. And I was like, no, can't we just dress him up as Bran and me as Hodor and put him in a basket <laughs> on my back? <laughs> like, I'm telling you, it'd be great. <laughs> uh, just you walking around going, Hodor. Hodor. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean... It, What's the cost-benefit analysis? If you're going to drink a lot of Arctic gin... you got to drink perhaps. a lot of gin. Unless you have a private plane at your disposal. Yeah, then I guess you're just playing for fuel at that point. Yeah, that's it. Well, you know who who does have a private plane at their disposal? Who? Brewdog. Yeah, they have a history of uh, throwing things out of said planes. They They do. Well, they claim to be the first... Uh, to brew the world's first beer at 40,000 feet. All right. Uh, none of the uh, British Airways' 100th anniversary, Scottish Brewdog teamed up with the airline to brew what companies claim to be the first beer brewed at 40,000 feet. Uh, according to the press release, Brewdog co-founder James Watt and Martin Dickel uh, brewed the beer in flight while cruising 500 miles per hour over the north of Scotland. <laughs> So wait, they they chartered these planes just for them. So I like to imagine, like, were they like packing all the brew equipment onto the planes, and then they get up to altitude, and then they're trying to ferment and boil and all this. Well, uh, they were not permitted to bring brewing equipment on board. It seems uh, for some reason they didn't want giant, uh, you know. Giant pressurized vats in an already pressurized cylinder soaring through the sky at 500 miles an hour? What could go wrong? Yeah, I don't know. Open flames in a high oxygen uh, environment? Right. Seems safe. Well, instead, the brewers and the crew use the next best thing. Airline coffee pots. So so it's like me in uh, middle school. I was on uh, school trips making Easy Mac in the hotel coffee pots. Yes. Well, the beer, which is called Speedbird 100, uh, after the airline's call sign, is a transatlantic, transatlantic IPA, uh, that, uh, which is a good name. I like that. Uh, that will launch May 1st, 2019, exclusively on British Airways flights uh, and in select British Airways lounges. 
One of the lounges uh, will be here in the States. BrewDog plans to open its first New York location in the British Airways Club Lounge at John F. Kennedy International Airport. Ooh. Uh, which I can't see that anymore without thinking of Futurama and the uh, the JFK Jr. International Airport. <laughs> yeah. And you go, ooh, ooh, Oof. this was made very... Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, in February, they launched the world's first craft brew airline, uh, the BrewDog Airlines, going from London to Columbus, and have so far taken 200 lucky, lucky travelers, uh, their equity punk investors, uh, on the flight, with an in-flight tasting of the Flight Club IPA, a New England-style IPA brewed specifically for that journey. This, they brewed, I guess, on the flight... I don't assume like to keep making it. They're going to have to keep doing it in in flight. Although knowing them, they probably would. I don't know. They might. I, I'm going to assume they they brewed these the test batches on a plane for this, and then the rest of it's brewed back down. Right. Like I mean, you can't make enough for anyone to be able to 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 consume. Yeah, you could make some. Like you could make enough in that like out of coffee pots. They could make a couple kegs worth probably. And, you know, because the, the cost-benefit analysis of this is just terrible. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's it's kind of a weird idea, and it seems a very brew-dog idea. Uh, very brew-dog. I was talking to somebody recently about, uh, like, uh, about random beer things, uh, but they were like, yeah, what's the place that, that has, like, the the beer that's wrapped around a squirrel? And I was like, oh, yeah, brew-dog's into the world with uh, the the taxidermy cozy yeah just like you wouldn't drink that would you oh yeah no i totally would just a taxidermy squirrel yeah like that there's nothing wrong with it the bottles could down also the be a, could also be a snoat depends on <laughs> yeah which one you get but <laughs> it was some sort squirrels. of rodents how many there was only like five of those right yeah no, it's super super limited yeah still all right, well, I'd like to try that beer. Oh, actually, I'd like to try the one they brewed more for the in-flight beverage for the yeah. airline because that had to be brewed so strong because your strong. taste buds kind of, like, crap out at those altitudes. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let's make a New England IPA, and let's uh, <laughs> let's make it super, uh, super hard tasting. Okay. You know what's super hard tasting? All these lawsuits because there are... T- None of them out there right now. So uh, someone else has decided to step into this lawsuit game. Uh, and far from left field, we get uh, Patagonia Outdoor Company suing Anheuser-Busch for hijacking their brand. <laughs> Probably the weirdest one we've Is heard in a while. Anheuser-Busch like, making, making outdoor apparel that I've never seen before? No, but they're making a beer uh, called Patagonia. And even... Mm-hmm. Giving away Patagonia uh, gear at uh, some of the release events for this, thus deepening the uh, not real (laughs) branding here. And uh, Patagonia also was a part of uh, another recent lawsuit against uh, the current presidency. Oh. About uh, outdoor spaces and public lands. Mm. But uh, Patagonia, yeah, they, they, they got a good law team, just just to say, because they're willing to take on the president in the White House. Um, yeah. They got I mean, they got no Fs to give. Well, actually, they got plenty what? of Fs to give. <laughs> the, the White House counsel is, they're, they're known for not being slouches. 
Yeah. So Patagonia, the outdoor apparel company, is suing Anheuser-Busch InBev for hijacking its brand. Anheuser-Busch's Patagonia Beer has hijacked the outdoor company Patagonia Inc.'s decades-old identity. Uh, Law 360, a legal news service owned by LexisNexis, don't like that, sounds like a porn name, uh, reported on Tuesday, Patagonia Inc. filed a complaint in California federal court on Tuesday. The Patagonia Brew features branding that's strikingly similar to the clothing companies. Uh, the logo features the word Patagonia with a mountain silhouette, and its mission includes a promise to plant a tree for every case of beer sold. Uh, Patagonia has based its business model on environmental stewardship for more than 40 years. ABM Bev's promotion of the beer also includes pop-up beer booths at ski resorts, with brand representatives dressed in down jackets and giving out beanies, t-shirts, and scarves bearing AB's Patagonia logo. All products that Patagonia sells, also, like they don't sell the AB ones, but they sell their own branded versions of all this stuff, including in its stores in the very towns where AB has launched its beer. The complaint says, uh, in short, AB has done everything possible to make it appear as though Patagonia beer is sold by Patagonia. And that's even uh, a couple articles I was reading about this. There are some outdoor enthusiasts who thought uh, for weeks that the beer was endorsed and in partnership with Patagonia. What? You're telling me that AB InBev somehow misrepresented something? Gasp. Couldn't have been. Uh, meanwhile, Patagonia, the clothing company, has been uh, producing its own beer since 2016 when it partnered with Portland's Hopworks Urban Brewery to create Long Root Ale, a beer made using Kernza grain as part of a soil preservation effort. Patagonia debuted its second beer, Long Root Wit, last week. However, Ooh. AB has been promoting Cerveza Patagonia in Argentina for several years, operating a brewery and bar in Rio Negro and province in northern Patagonia, Argentina. According to the Cerveza Patagonia U.S. Facebook page, the brand decided to expand our passion for beer and outdoors in the U.S. Its brand is copyrighted in 2019 in Fairfield, California. The brand also appears to have produced beer uh, partnership with ABM Bev's Tin Barrel Brewing, as shown in several Instagram posts. So surprised I am not. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, like look at there's a pig on the article we got from Vine Pair. Uh yeah, it like at first glance it's very nondescript everything, so you could legitimately confuse this as being associated with the clothing company. Well, there there is the the there's the issue that copyright extends in the sphere, I guess, that it's in. It's like you have to do a different copyright for Exactly. I think everything. that's why Patagonia will not have a strong case. It'll probably get dismissed because they're going to be like, yeah. no, you all don't. Well, they mm. do make beer, but... They do produce their own beer in partnership with someone. So depending on branding, I don't know. I still think it'll probably get dismissed. Patagonia has been doing it since 2016. Uh AB has been doing theirs for, it says, several years. Not uh, in the U.S. But not in the U.S., right. So the copyrights, um, which they just uh, went for this year, so Patagonia will have also, the history. Right, said, which also could get into some issues for uh, international copyright. But, uh, you know, there, that is something that's that's 
far too confusing for me to figure out. So with all these lawsuits, we need a fifth host that has a law degree. <laughs> Someone who can break some of this down for us, or we at least need a correspondent. Who's the fourth host? There are four Casey? of us. Casey. Oh. Have you, we have a fourth host. She's forgotten him. She's already forgotten Casey. No, for some reason I was only counting three people. No, it's already a thing that, uh, like, whenever we're out somewhere and we talk about the show, people are like, oh, yeah, when's Casey coming back? Ah. <laughs> it's like, look, he's coming back. Give the man a chance. He's He's got a lot on his plate. He's still writing stuff for us. Uh, this week's show, was the whole script was written by Casey. He's like, got double the baby, which I cannot imagine. He's still very much working on this show. He might not have a voice on the show as of right now, but he will bring that voice back, and you all can bask in his deep baritone. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can't wait to get to see him again, basking it myself. Speaking of uh, basking in deep baritone? Yes, somehow. Uh, yeah. Um, it's time for the Brittany Walker Memorial Seltzer segment. Indeed. <sighs> okay, so Craft Brew Alliance is launching a, quote, low-proof alcoholic seltzer line in July. So Craft Brew Alliance is, what, they're partially the owned? The Kona one, right? Yeah, they're partially yeah. owned by AB InBev. So this is going to be the AB InBev seltzer that we've been wondering the, the, where the hell it was, knowing that they weren't going to be able to stay out of that space. Yeah, I thought they already had one. Um, Maybe I was thinking of... Oh, no, I was, I was thinking that they, they transitioned to the one guy who did all their buyouts to... What's going to amount to that department? Yeah. I really and thought I they had he had one already too. bought someone by now. Yeah. Well, uh, one month after formally establishing its pH experiment, a growth unit tasked with developing innovative products that play on the fringes of the beer category, Craft Beer Alliance, or Brew Alliance, sorry, today announced the launch of a new low-proof seltzer line called Pacer. Um, checking in at 2% ABV, a, and containing just 50 calories, one gram of sugar, the new gluten-free lineup, which is made from cane sugar base. It's called O'Doyle's. <laughs> O'Doyle's. <laughs> uh, will launch in three flavor varieties in July. I um, couldn't decide whether there was an O'Doyle's joke here or whether there was a, uh, uh, like, man, that's a whole lot of buzzwords. Yeah, yeah that's, it is. Uh, that's That should really be the title of the article. Buzzword City. Um, <laughs> Brought to you by International Conglomerate. Yeah. Um, so basically, they uh, there's some quotes in here, but it, it says that, you know, seltzers are getting pretty big, and they wanted to get in on that game. Um, so the flavors are going to be Blood Orange, Meyer Lemon and Lavender, and Melon and Mint. Um, all things that are commonly paired together. Um, the flavors are going to be sold in six packs, as well as a variety 12 pack at quote leading chain markets across the u.s um speaking to brewbound um the uh, general manager of the experiment said that uh 12 packs would carry a suggested retail price of about 15 dollars which sounds a little bananas to me um the line will be distributed by roughly a half dozen wholesalers as the company tests the viability of a product containing approximately half the calories of a leading alcoholic seltzer offering. I Okay, I have I have multiple thoughts. Mm -hmm. Let me back up just a little bit. Melon and mint is a is a pretty standard flavor. Yeah. Um there's a lot of especially like in summer, you see like um 
It's a lot for like salads, like literally watermelon with sprig, like fresh mint. Um, also right, cocktails like it's, and it's cocktails, yeah. And I just, Huge in cocktails right salads, now. salads, and I just want to like look at you, Brittany, go, Brittany. I mean, I don't do how it because I'm not about mint. I, but I know, but I just looking at you, going, how would I know that's in that? It's not my fault you don't eat your veg, Bob. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, like a lot of cocktails will have melon and mint also. Um, and lemon and lavender are actually common, I, but Meyer lemon is is a different flavor and smell and a whole the whole nine. But so I haven't I haven't tested that together. I know that like lemon lavender is like my favorite Yankee candle. <laughs> so I know it smells good, but I haven't actually tried it. <laughs> uh, now the. The other thing I was thinking of, uh, first of all, the only, like, I, I think of flavors in terms of Gatorade flavors. So I was like, <laughs> which one is blue? Well, uh, some some places actually do flavors that aren't colors. That's weird. Mm. <laughs> There's like the, the glacier ice. I mean, that's that seems like a, an appropriate flavor. I don't, I don't know. I'm so just, what flavor is that, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Describe blue. to me the flavor um, of ice. <laughs> It's it's still blue. Uh, anyway, the uh, the other thing I was going to say was like, there. I want someone to go the opposite direction of them. Yeah, you know, they're doing you know half the everything. I, I want someone to be like the Jolt Cola of of seltzers. <laughs> Here's all the things in it, all you the know, gluten, like twelve percent ABV, the all the sugar, and twice the booze. Yeah, maybe some cap- maybe some caffeine in there, but that becomes four loco, and then. It's just carbonated Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody wants that. Oh, Lord. Don't you lie. We all want that. College age uh, girls everywhere want that. College age people want that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so they talk about in the article, of course, like, Everybody else and their seltzers and and basically what you know how the market's kind of blowing up with it. Um, yeah, that's that's as far as that. It's essentially like exactly what we expected. Um, yeah. Oh, they do mention though. Um, I guess yeah. So I guess Bush and Miller Coors have some, and Bush is a an AB InBev brand. Yes. So technically, AB InBev already has seltzers. If you think about it. Um, right. Huh. Yeah, it says most seltzer waters or most of the alcoholic seltzer, seltzers are at five percent ABV, whereas this is what two? Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I what's the point of that? Da- point? I, was like, <laughs> I was looking down in here where it says like most of the sel- hard seltzer products, including those from multinational players Anheuser Busch and Miller Coors, are nearly identical. And I went, yes, yes, they are. Because it's seltz- like because it is. <laughs> it's alcoholic seltzer water. There's only so much you can do. <laughs> this is. This is an advertising man's dream. It's oh, yeah. it's that scene in the pilot episode of Mad Men where you have, you've got five companies making identical products. Go. We can say wherever we want. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it's toasted. It's toasted. I'm waiting for a barrel aged hard seltzer. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Founders is gonna do it. Founders, Founders will, do, will it. do it. There's. All right, I'm sticking my prediction in the sand now for for our, our our New Year's thing. Sometime in the next five years, founders will barrel age a seltzer. They're doing it now. What are you even talking about? That'll be <laughs> their late re- like next to CBS at the end of the year. They're going to release their barrel aged hard seltzer. 
I uh, mean, look, I just know what's going to happen, but and no, I know in, it's going to be bad. In that vein, uh, locally, Matry has done a Kolsch aged in gin barrels that was delicious. Oh, June. So dump, yeah, dump. Oh, June, yeah, yeah. Dump that, hard seltzer. That stuff's amazing. In gin barrels. Ooh. We're, very, very refreshing. I'd be down. Mm, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. By the way, uh, off topic, but I am seeing more and more beer from Cincinnati making its way down to my liquor barn. They are distributing uh, much further down. Who who recently are you seeing? Uh, I saw um, uh, wooden wooden cask. Ca- wooden cask. Yeah, They're I saw the them down, down there. And I was like, hmm? you can get six packs of them back home in Prestonsburg. Yeah, hmm. I I have I hadn't seen it before. And I was like, oh, I can get this here. It made deciding what to buy very difficult. I wish just they a lot have of me their... going. Mm. <laughs> I really wish they'd put their seltzer in bottles. Or yeah. the seltzer, good lord, the cider in bottles. Yeah, the cider. <laughs> you know where I went. I know where you were talking about. So, yeah, uh, Wooden Cask, big shout out. Uh, we did uh, an episode of Cincy Brewcast down there with the Gnarly I Gnome. fell in love with them there. <laughs> and they are founded by the, well, it was started by the founding brewer of Rivertown, which is one of Cincinnati's oldest breweries, like since before craft beer was a, a fad and a thing. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, well, speaking of fads and things, a lot of craft breweries were uh, have been expanding and adding new locations, especially in the Asheville and Virginia area. And someone else has really had problems getting that facility up and running. It's been a it's been a hard road for them, or a semi soft road for them. So Deschutes not on track to build their Virginia brewery. Having erection problems. Uh, as expected, Deschutes Brewery has informed Roanoke, Virginia city officials that it won't be offering design plans or breaking ground on a production facility anytime soon, according to the Roanoke Times. Uh, you, letter- know, you know who is able to erect things in Virginia? I know they're able. The ladders. <laughs> the ladders is able to erect things in Kentucky, and they are. That opening coming soon, I'm sure uh, certain individuals will be more willing to talk about many things when they come back. The fact that it's not called Delatters. No, no, it is Delatters. In our hearts, it will be. Uh, <laughs> in a letter to city manager Bob Cowell, Deschutes President's CEO Michael Lalonde wrote that the Bend, Oregon headquarter company won't complete design plans or drawings for a proposed production brewery by August 31st, 2020 deadline, nor will it meet a deadline to begin construction by June 20th, 2021. As Alone told uh, Brewbound in March, the proposed East Coast brewery is dependent on the company improving performance and being financially healthy. Look, being able to, to be healthy and get it up is what every company is about. In its time of change in the craft beer industry, uh, we were able to be very conservative in our approach and make sure we are financially healthy before we broke ground or anything like that. He said, uh, at the time, some other people broke ground faster than we did. And I, think that was, and I think that was probably something that they regret to a certain extent. And I think what happened in our case was actually a blessing rather than something that was an error. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, did, who were we reporting on last week? Uh, having to sell off international assets that they... I, I, I don't know. I can't think of a name. Yeah. Uh, yeah I got I mean, a bad cough, though. I know. It's filled you, with breweries. 
Gotta get that checked out. There might be some gargoyles hiding in there. <laughs> Last year, Deschutes uh, purchased 49 acres of land for $3.2 million in order to free itself from a string of performance-based incentives in its original deal with the city. If Deschutes misses deadlines, the city could buy back the land. Another project in Roanoke, the build-out a, of a facility for non-alcoholic brand Hume Kombucha, of which Deschutes founder Gray Fish is a board member, is also delayed. Rebound's oh, sister publication, BevNet, reported that the factory likely wouldn't open in 2019. So, uh, yeah, yeah, don't don't expect any real presence from Deschutes in Roanoke. Uh, calling it now. It ain't happening. Yeah. It's... Which sucks. I really, like, when we heard they were first going to do it, we were super excited. Because, again, that's close. we got to get a weekend out and go to Roanoke and see some of the stuff out there. But this is this is disappointing. It, it is, but it's not unexpected. We've been seeing declining growth and everywhere. There's a, another article I was reading on Brewbound where we were trying to decide on articles that, like, I think it was someone. It might have been someone at the Craft Brew Alliance, uh, uh, Craft Brew Brewer Convention that's going on right now. Yeah, uh, uh, next week is going to be a news-packed episode. But they were talking that that the slowdown in growth was not a blip. It's not. It's not just a one-time thing. Like guys, it's going to get harder. Yeah, it's we're it's not to... even a here to stay kind of thing. It's going to get worse. And but you still see some companies like we were just talking, Brew Dog. And again, last week, BrewDog came to the rescue, and they were like, like, BrewDog has the cash to spend around. They are expanding at an alarming I, when, rate. you got to wonder I, when they're going to have to I, stop. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if BrewDog, where they're in, they're in Scotland, if they are... Scotland. If the they bubble, can drink well, a lot. That's there's, true, but I'm just saying that, that there is a different... Uh, the craft beer bubble hasn't burst, I don't think, in Europe yet. In some places, it hasn't even formed. I was going to say, I don't think Europe is seeing that. Like, it's not even begun. Craft brewing is still like Brewdog is the forefront of it in Europe. Brewdog is well, I, I, not not entirely. I guess you got McKellar they, and Evil Twin. Yeah, but they they do feel like that that uh, that early rush of you know yeah. Screw you, man! I'm gonna make what I, you know. They, they name one of their beers punk, like yeah. That that that's that's at the heart of the, you know, the mentality for making, you know, for getting craft beer up. Like, s- screw everything I'm getting now. I we can do this. We can do this better. So is this like a reverse of uh, Columbus's voyage? We're seeing the 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 flip side and like Stone, where like the first ones trying to cross. They're crossing the Atlantic, going over there with fresh. Fresh craft beer and IPAs for the masses in Europe, and instead they just brought like smallpox blankets and brought the whole thing. I down. mean, look, it was a good time for some of the population; those of them that were not native. All right. Well, uh, speaking of being not native to certain industries. Oh yeah, uh, we have. Uh, let's let's call it a. Uh, Call it a celebrity corner. Uh, Na- name drop, name drop corner. This is a blitz of names. Let's let's start with one we've already talked about. Uh, I think we talked about it on this ve- on this new show, not long after we started it. Uh, Bob Dylan 
and oh. his heaven's uh, and his heaven's door distillery. Those gaudy bottles. Oh god, they're terrible. They look awful. On uh, they looks like uh, they should be opening relatively soon. Uh, bit of good news for whiskey and music lovers everywhere. Rolling Stone reports that Bob's Booze is finally getting ready to call, uh, to getting a place to call home. Heaven's Door Distillery and Center for uh, for the Arts is set to officially open in Nashville in fall of 2020. So they've got a lo- you know looks like they're they're setting up a location. The new digs will be at a house at an old church in downtown Nashville. It will include a distillery, a concert venue, a restaurant, and a whisk a whiskey library and an art center that will be filled with paintings and metalwork made by Bob Dylan because he stopped making music in the sixties. Stopped making music that mattered in the sixties. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, he continues to try and try and be relevant. Well, I mean, when you got a lot of money from you know having being been Bob relevant. Dylan, you 50 gotta, years you know, ago. Look, I I give him a pass for doing what he wants. He was in the traveling Wilburys, and I unabashedly love them. So, uh, I, no one that like baby boomers are going to go to this thing, and that's it. Yes. I give it twenty years, then most of the boomers are dead, and then this whole thing goes under. Well, I mean, in twenty years, Bob Dylan's probably going to be dead. No, he's going to live forever. It's going to be him and Keith Richards, and Cher. Uh, Look, she's just plastic surgery at this point. She's like a brain stem and... <laughs> I'm surprised collagen. she's not that woman from that Doctor Who episode that's like the skin that's stretched out over <laughs> something that they spray. Oh, God. Uh, man, we're doing a lot of hot takes about A lot, about a lot of hot takes. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep them going. Uh, let's move on. Uh, I want to be like, hot uh, takes? Oh. Does that transfer into like some kind of hot for teacher reference? It may, but that would be the wrong singer. Uh, also, real quick, I right, will man. try the Bob Dylan bourbon if it's a uh, bourbon or whiskey or whichever, or rye, I think is the first one out. Uh, but moving away from whiskey and talking about someone who probably wasn't hot for teacher is Sammy Hagar. He's mm. got a new tequila out. Another tequila? Another tequila. Uh, this uh, This one... He has revealed the details of his latest tequila, which he created in partnership with TV chef Guy Fieri. Oh God! So it's like it's it's like a perfect storm of people of blonde people you hate. Yeah. Uh, Santo Fino Blanco is the second spirit in the Los Santos range. And it follows Hagar's previous creation, Cabo Wabo tequila and beach bar rum, which, uh, you know, I've heard of, uh, heard of the, the, the Cabo Wabo. I've not had it. I think I've had Cabo Wabo once before and it didn't leave an impression. I know it's insanely mm. overpriced. Well, it's an old world style tequila. That doesn't make any bit of sense. Uh, made with 100% blue Weber agave. Wait, wait. Old world implies not the new world. And from Which historical is the perspective, Americas. the new world is the Americas. That is some... Whatever. Uh, Hagar says, Guy's always been a tequila lover. And when he approached me about creating a tequila together, it was perfect timing. 
Guy and I shook hands, and a few months later, we were sipping the most amazing Blanco tequila we've ever tasted. It was literally just glasses of donkey sauce. (laughs) That's all it is. It's just bottles of the damn donkey sauce. Uh, (laughs) Fieri adds this. There are a few things I know. Great food, (laughs) killer drinks, oh, God, and wild times. Oh, God, he's a monster. He is. Sammy and I are making it all happen. With Los Santo. I, I want a picture of him and Sammy, and now Sammy has frosted tips as well. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the only thing keeping his hair from being gray right now. <laughs> uh, but there is there is a tequila that that could, in fact, be better than this. And it belongs to one Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, uh, joining the, the, the joining the ranks of George Clooney, Ryan Reynolds, and John Legend in the celebs and alcohol game, or the other two people we just mentioned, yeah. he's been developing a tequila brand for years. <laughs> and as for his latest update, it looks nearly ready to go. The picture of The Rock with like dozens of bottles of tequila in front of him, and him just holding up one like this is this is what I'm t- doing. Just like, uh, can't hate the man. No, no, you can't. And uh, why does he not call it like the Brahma Bowl or something? Like that's <laughs> the people's tequila. Yes, the people's tequila. Uh, earlier this month, The Rock shared this update uh, uh, to his casual 138 million followers. Uh, cheers again and again. Spent all weekend taste testing every batch of my new tequila fresh out of the barrels from Mexico. Very passionate about my new tequila we're developing. It's been years in the making, and every road has led here. Lots of growing excitement. Mana, uh, yeah, mana passion, uh, positivity, hard work, and fun. It's one. Uh, this one's for uh, for you, world. Let's have a drink. Hey, I think he's a fan. He must be because that's for branding. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently this is on, on the Instagram post where he posted the picture. It's like, we're almost there. Seems like a drink could be coming sometime this year. Probably not. Probably next year. Fingers crossed he did hashtag have a drink. Come on. Come on. Uh, no, hashtag tequila, hashtag innovation, hashtag 2019. Damn it. Uh, but uh, in case you have any hesitation about the Rock's love of tequila, know that he likes to put his oatmeal with brown sugar. I don't okay. know. That's what the article says. And I'm like, all right, fine. I, I uh, like. Is that? Or is this an innuendo? Are we that old? Uh oh. Well, I think it's the idea that he loads down on brown sugar. Again, is this an innuendo? <laughs> innuendo. Um, oh, do it. <laughs> but of the things listed here, I will not, with a gun to my head drink Sammy Hagar's tequila. Nope. Nope. Uh, uh, or I will Bob Dylan. Tr- I will tr- I might try the Dil- the Dylan if it's a reasonable price thing. Like if I'm somewhere and it's like I won't purchase it if they're doing one of those free in liquor store tastings where you're walking by and there's a rep going, "Here, try some of this. I'll try it." That's that's about it. Uh, and I think he's starting with a rye. So that's that's a different kind of kind of thing. So I'm like, "Okay. They got three of them maybe. out." Yeah. Uh, and then, but the rock, 
I'd be willing to try his tequila. I don't like tequila, but I'm willing to try it. I'll try it. And if it's terrible, that's fine too. Yeah, I'll I'll try anything. Mm-hmm. Except Sammy Hagar's. <laughs> Except Tammy. Hagar. Look, I would have probably tried Cabo Wabo, but I will not try something that has Sammy Hagar and Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah, no, there is, no, nothing, there are, nothing, there, Guy. Forget there it. There have to be limits. That's where that's where we we put our limits, and we won't talk about Guy anymore because let's go ahead and wrap this up. I can say because we're done. Yep, we're at the limit of our show. We we've hit time. So we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash show, And we'll see you guys uh, next, well, next show. <laughs> next, yeah. <laughs> and once again, I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Justin Frazier, and apparently Chris... Uh, Christine. Brittany Walker has a baby with a diaper. Yep. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. No, sir, I don't like it. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>